Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Deanna Minnick. Welcome to the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast, where we explore how you can get some more color, creativity, and healing in your everyday life. We get to look at the spectrum of eating, living, feeling, and creating that you're all about. So let's dive into the inspiration and information rainbow that awaits us. Hey everybody, Dr. Deanna here. In this podcast episode, I'm interviewing two lovely ladies who are both in the functional medicine realm and they're both really into thyroid health. So Lisa Markley is a dietitian, and she's also a culinary nutrition expert. And she's been in the kitchen for a long time, not just her kitchen at home, but her kitchen at Whole Foods and in other places, teaching people to cook, make things practical. And so she put her practicality to great use and has come out with a cookbook, The Essential Thyroid Cookbook. So in this book, you're going to find a lot of her original intense thyroid and immune supportive recipes, which I think we can even follow these recipes if we don't have thyroid issues. They're so wonderfully whole foods based. The other person I've interviewed is Jill Grunewald, and she is an integrative nutrition and hormone coach, really into thyroid health as well. In fact, they both come together on this whole issue of both having Hashimoto's. And so what what Jill has done is is really bring forth the whole piece around education. How do you educate somebody with hypothyroidism or autoimmune thyroid issues to bring them back to health and vitality? So you're going to hear this three-way dialogue. We've got the three of us going here. And I start off the talk asking them about their favorite color. We get into their personal stories and end with some practical tips for you. So enjoy the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast. Today, I have two very special women on the show, Jill and Lisa, and they're going to talk with us about all kinds of things related to health, how we can live a more colorful life, especially as it relates to the thyroid gland. So welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to be on with you today. Thank you. Oh, it's, it's really a pleasure to have you both. So one of the things I always like to ask my guests is kind of a quirky question, but it kind of opens us up in, in lots of different ways here. So I'm going to ask you both, what is your favorite color? I'll start. At least start. today. Today. <laughs> my, this is Lisa, and my favorite color is turquoise, and it hasn't changed for probably the last two decades. It's been my favorite color. How interesting. This is Jill. And my favorite color is orange, and likewise, it has been for a very long time. Wow, how interesting. Was it, Do you think, you know, when I think of, especially in Ayurvedic tradition and, and uh, East Indian tradition, which I'm really connected into, when I think of that turquoise color, I do think of the thyroid gland. And when I think of orange, the association with orange is the reproductive system, so I'm kind of curious, in creativity, orange is connected to creativity usually. So I'm kind of curious, do you, do you think that the colors and kind of their traditional associations have any connection to you both now and what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that, um, you know, turquoise definitely 
you know, just resonates with um, the work that we've been doing around thyroid health for sure. And then I had lived in Northern Arizona for about five years of my life. And that's kind of, I think when I really started to fall in love with that color and that gemstone and everything. So um, I know the color turquoise is highly associated with the thyroid gland and the, the, th- the throat chakra. Interesting. Yeah, it, it's neat how it comes together. And how about for you, Jill, in terms of orange, creativity, childlike nature, and just having fun? Does that resonate with you? Yeah, I mean, I can be really serious, but I can also be very fun-loving. And, you know, I kind of straddle that line pretty well, I think. But I do have a background in the arts. I was pretty creative and artistic as a kid. And then, um, you know, very into music and um piano specifically. My grandma taught me a lot of arts and crafts. And then I went to architecture school. I graduated in 1993 with a degree in architecture. And then later in life, I did some studies in graphic design. So yeah, I'm, I'm really into interiors and furniture and color. And yeah, it definitely resonates. Yeah, it it sounds like it. You've done a lot in the arts. And plus, I mean, both of you have put together such a beautiful book, The Essential Thyroid Cookbook, and it's just gorgeous. Lots of lush imagery and pictures of food, and it's just gorgeous. So it's it feels Thank like you. both of you have a strong aesthetic sense. So it's kind of a – it's a nice partnership that you've got going on here. So what, We think so. <laughs> what I'd love to know from, from each of you, and this is kind of nice to have this um, three-way call here and, and to learn more about you both, is – I'm kind of curious how you both connected into thyroid health. What got you to the thyroid? Um, this is Jill. Well, we've both suffered from Hashimoto's. So that um, allowed us to bring that perspective to the book. I mean, we met several years ago in Kansas City because we were both volunteering for a grassroots nonprofit uh, group that raised awareness about local and sustainable food systems, you know, specifically to the Kansas City area. But Lisa and I are very passionate about sustainable agriculture and um, local food. Um, And then later, actually the same year, we were diagnosed with Hashimoto's. So Lisa, I'll let you speak to the question. Yeah, so um, when Jill and I were both diagnosed I think we were both diagnosed in the year 2008 but we didn't really make the connection it was a few years before I actually reached out to Jill because she had created this thriving practice supporting women with thyroid and adrenal imbalances and I knew she was helping a lot of her clients through her coaching practice and I needed help because my body was starting to crash from my own um, issues with Hashimoto's after I had had my son And so I participated in a telesummit that Jill had been hosting and, um, you know, it was a three week telesummit. And after the third week of learning from Jill and, you know, learning specifically about how nutrition and what nutrients support the thyroid and the immune function, um, I just thought we need to do something where we translate this information into recipes. Um, I had been teaching cooking classes for Whole Foods Market for a number of years. And I just, that's where I lived, was in the kitchen. 
and just, you know, talking about creativity, it's like, I was always trying to think, well, how do you take these nutrition insights and recommendations and make it tangible and doable for people in a way that, um, you know, people can apply in their own lives in their own kitchens. And so, um, I felt like that was the missing piece in the telesummit that I participated in and, and the piece that I was really excited to, to collaborate with Jill on, um, given our kind of shared background with having Hashimoto's. You know, and it's so fascinating because it sounds like that it was about the same time that both of you were diagnosed. So it's like you came together for this particular project, which ended up being first the the telesummit and then now the book. And it it just feels like, uh, tell me what your your thoughts are on this. I, I don't think I've ever remembered having so much information on thyroid health. You know, if I think back over my 25 years in nutrition, there have been certain things that kind of pulse in and pulse out, and weight loss is one of them. It's a very common one. And, you know, usually then heart disease comes in there somewhere, people have concerns, and then we start hearing a lot about inflammation. But I would say over the past five to seven years, there is such an emergence and a um, really an earnest searching for information, good, healthy information on keeping one's thyroid healthy. And I'm just kind of curious, if we look kind of at the symbolic meaning of of the thyroid and thyroid health, wh- why do you think this is? I mean, what what's happened? Why has this become the age of the thyroid? Is it something in our environment? Is it better metrics and awareness? Is it because women are speaking out more and, and starting to look and being more proactive with their health? What do you both think? I mean, being that you both come from this place uh, of, of having thyroid issues within your lives, what, uh, what really brought this to the, to the forefront? Hmm, that is such a good question. Um, I think it's all of those things. I think it's kind of been a perfect storm. I think that there's a lot more awareness now about environmental toxins more than there ever was before. I mean, the environmental working group does such a fantastic job of educating about environmental toxins. And we know how that can, you know, affect our hormones and our immune system and the thyroid. Um, I do think also that more women are willing to speak up in a medical setting I think, you know, I'm not here to speak disparagingly about conventional medicine. That's not my point. But many people have been failed by conventional medicine. And um, I think as women, I was just having this conversation a few days ago with another prominent figure in the functional medicine community. And she said, you know, as women, we've been taught to be good girls, you know, not to talk about the negative and, um not to maybe talk about the darker side of things in life and to just always be positive. And given that I've worked with so many women over the last nearly a decade around thyroid health specifically, I've heard from many women who've said, you know, I've learned that I've had to be my own advocate. I've learned that I've had to speak up and not just take what my doctor says at face value. So I think you raise a really good point about people, um, especially women, being willing to step in that space of empowerment and um, self-advocacy. 
Lisa, I don't know if you want to add to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Jill that, that we are, as women, um, feeling more empowered to, or there's more information out there to kind of help support us, too, in, in wanting to ask more questions of our practitioners. And for me personally, it took a, a couple of years to get a firm diagnosis, and I had to fire several doctors and <laughs> and just to, to get the right answers to, to know how I could get my body back on the healing path. And it, it's a struggle. And I think people lose hope and, um, you know, cause it's hard to find practitioners that are open to maybe doing a full panel of testing to help get those questions answered and to look at all the pieces of the puzzle. And sometimes you have to go outside of, you know, seeing a practitioner that takes insurance, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, taking into consideration all of the different lifestyle factors um, that can be impacting thyroid health and then uh, is, is going to be really important. And then from a nutritional standpoint, you know, being a dietitian, I'm seeing more awareness. Um, I didn't get a lot of direct education about how nutrition and nutrients impacted thyroid function when I was in graduate school or in my dietetics um, program. But um, oh, about a year and a half, two years ago, I was asked to be on a review board to look at a handbook that the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics is putting together on thyroid health. So even within the um, within my professional practice, I think you know resources are being created and uh, practitioners are going to be able to tap into more information on how to help their help their clients and their patients. Um, so I feel like our, our cookbook is, is fairly timely because, you know, we have identified that the thyroid is a very highly nutrient dependent gland. And if we're deficient in many of the key nutrients to support, you know, thyroid hormone production and immune modulation and all the things that need to happen, um, metabolically and biochemically to support our health. Um, then there are going to be imbalances that may end up resulting in Hashimoto's or hypothyroidism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly. It's, it's definitely needed. And you're right. I mean, the thyroid gland is so nutrient requiring. And so if we give it what it needs and eliminate the, the toxic offenders, hopefully things are aligned and it's working well. You know, one of the things that intrigues me is is people's stories, how they actually got to find out that they had Hashimoto's or thyroid issues. And so what I'd love for both of you to do, each in your own way, is to back up a little bit and to talk about what you were actually confronting in your life before you actually were diagnosed with Hashimoto's. You know, what, what did your life look like? What were the symptoms that you had? Because I can imagine that both of you, even though you had the same diagnosis, you may have had different paths. And, and so I always find it interesting, and this is more of a functional medicine thing, but to really look at people's story as it relates to a condition and, and how they got there. So who wants to go first and, and talk about how, how everything kind of led up to that diagnosis? Uh, this is Jill. I guess I'll go first. Um, it was kind of funny. I, I, <laughs> I would say I was subclinically hypothyroid at the time of diagnosis, um, I wasn't experiencing a lot of symptoms. I was actually experiencing lower back pain, unresolved lower back pain. I was getting acupuncture, chiropractic, 
And it wasn't horrible, but it was just this nagging, ongoing lower back pain. And a friend of mine here in the Twin Cities said, oh, you should go see this doctor. Um, I had lower back pain that was unresolved, and I went to him, and uh, you should go see him too. So I did, and for whatever reason, he ran a thyroid panel, including antibodies, which I look back now, and I think how fortunate I was that he did that, because a lot of doctors won't even run the antibodies tests. Like even if a woman is complaining of all, or, or a man even is complaining of all the classic hypothyroid symptoms, a doctor might run a TSH or, you know, maybe they might run a total T4 for good measure, but many doctors don't run the full panel. This doctor ran a panel and told me, you know, at my follow-up appointment that I had Hashimoto's and I said, I just blurted out. I said, no, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> and he said, well, actually you do. You know, the numbers are right here. And I was like, wow, wow. I, I just, I was kind of in disbelief, but, um, I, yeah, I mean, just very briefly, a few years prior to that in a standard physical, I was told that my TSH was borderline, but the doctor at that time in Seattle, where I was living at the time, he didn't say much more about it and just said, well, you, you should just monitor. So I kind of had the seed planted in my mind years prior, but it just kind of went in one ear and out the other because I wasn't really symptomatic. So that's my story. I'm curious, Jill. So when you had addressed the Hashimoto's, what happened to the low back pain? Ah, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I mean, he wanted to write me a prescription for thyroid hormone replacement. And I said, thanks, but no thanks. I want to see what I can do on my own, you know, because I wasn't overweight. I wasn't suffering from constipation and, you know, some of the classic hypothyroid symptoms. Um, well, the lower back pain ended up getting resolved because I ended up going to a better chiropractor, frankly. That's how that got resolved. It, I, I, I didn't see any correlation between how I was supporting my thyroid and my, my back pain. But you know what? That's a great question. Maybe there was some kind of an association. Well, it seemed like the low back pain got you in to go see a practitioner, and then what unfolded from there was a little bit different than probably the traditional path, right? So getting this this additional workup and uncovering other things about yourself. And of course, we know that so much is connected into inflammation. So if you've got inflammation causing pain and inflammation causing issues with um, the thyroid gland, it, at least underneath all of those things is potentially inflammation. So there might be a common thread. So I was just curious if, if your symptoms had resolved or, or what had happened there. So it sounds like they kind of did, but with somebody else. <laughs> so that, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good. And um, wh what do you think? So, so we'll get to Lisa in a sec, but I just wanted to ask you, in terms of your path forward, were you able were, – were there any other symptoms that you noticed, uh, whether – you're saying that you didn't have the classic symptoms, but was there anything else about your quality of life that started to improve once you started to address your thyroid? Yeah. I mean, one thing that I really did need to address at that time was my adrenal health. And as I started to peel back the layers on true, you know, holistic thyroid support and immune support, 
I just, I learned so much about how to nourish and support the adrenals. So when I, when I look back, um, I would say that the adrenal imbalances were a more significant issue for me than hypothyroidism. Although we, we all know that a lot of the symptoms overlap, right? So I wasn't suffering from like quote unquote fatigue, but what I was suffering from at the time was a really hard time getting out of bed in the morning, just really wanting to just lie in bed and just not get up. And it's, <laughs> it's not because I was unhappy or depressed or anything like that. It's not like I didn't want to face my day. It was like, I don't think I was getting the court, the morning cortisol spike. Um, and that resolved with sort of that whole spectrum of learning about thyroid supportive nutrition, learning about how to optimize my diurnal cortisol cycle, learning about the gut healing that's required for immune modulation. And, you know, as I continued to peel back those layers, I learned that a lot of our thyroid hormone conversion takes place in the gut. So I was helping to reduce my thyroid antibodies by healing my gut, but I was also optimizing my body's ability to convert T4 to T3. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a very enlightening journey and I would say it was fun too. You know, it was really, I mean, I, I love learning. So it was, it was eye-opening and fun and I got really, really excited about teaching other people what I was learning. And, and just one last question for you and then we'll go to Lisa what do you feel like if you have a conversation with somebody about their thyroid and let's just say it's maybe most of it's over their heads in terms of a lot of the the biochemistry and the the nutrition what would you say is the one thing that you want to walk away from that conversation with them having an understanding of if there's just out of your whole experience now writing the essential thyroid cookbook and going deep into the thyroid gland what would you want this person to walk away from your conversation with them up to, to really take into their lives? Yeah, I have to hearken back to something that I mentioned a second ago, which is gut health, gut health, gut health. Because, I mean, I know it's such a buzz term right now. I mean, everybody's talking about gut, but it's just that important. We need optimal gut health for immune modulation. We need optimal gut health for that um, thyroid hormone conversion. And because the thyroid is so nutrient dependent, especially minerals, 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 it's vitamin dependent too. But I wrote, I actually wrote a 10 part blog series about how the thyroid is so mineral dependent. And if you don't have that um, gut integrity to absorb those minerals, then you could be eating all the colorful whole foods, um, in the world. But if you're not absorbing those micronutrients, then your thyroid will suffer. So there's such a multifactorial r r reason to optimize digestive function. So that would be, um, and I realize it's not like, you know, taking a supplement and your gut will be healed. It's a, it can be a, um, a process for people to learn how to do that. But if, if I had to say one thing to somebody, I would say, learn how to optimize your digestive function. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Excellent. Yeah, gut health is so pivotal. And there are so many different ways to heal the gut. We can talk about mental emotional ways, we can talk about nutritional ways, we can talk about lifestyle ways. And so it is really the the doorway into the rest of our body. And so it's so essential that we get that right. So wonderful. Thank you, Jill, for sharing your knowledge. And um, yeah, just it's it's always so interesting to me to to see people's paths and where it takes them. And then if they have to kind of culminate everything, you know, where does it bring them back to? So it's it's nice to see your your trajectory. Lisa, how about for you? Tell us about your story. What what were your symptoms? Paint the picture for us on your life before you were diagnosed and you knew what was going on. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think initially my symptoms were I had a really sore throat and I felt like my thyroid gland, which I didn't really know what my thyroid gland was at the time, or maybe I had heard about it in anatomy class or whatever, but I didn't really understand its full function. But I, I remember, um, having difficulty swallowing and sometimes I might be eating and get something, feel like I had something stuck in my throat. And at the time I was, um, kind of a newly practicing dietitian. And I was, I feel like, you know, kind of just trying to find my voice in, in what I was doing in the work that I was doing. And, um, you know, I, I remember having a lot of anxiety at the time. Um, and, but when I think back to, a couple of years prior to me actually going in and, you know, having my thyroid, getting an ultrasound of my thyroid and having the antibody tests done and all of that. Um, and as it's taken several years to kind of put all of the pieces of my puzzle together, working with different practitioners, different functional medicine practitioners, um, I had had a pretty significant exposure to black mold um, in the workplace, um, I was working in a basement office, um, and it was, it had clear, you know, I remember the musty smell. I remember seeing mold, but not really understanding at the time that it could be affecting my health. And now knowing what I know and having been tested and having had the opportunity to work with a doctor here in Kansas city who specializes in mold illness, mycotoxin illness, um, you know, I know what my exposures were and I know kind of it it didn't happen overnight. My, my symptoms didn't really develop overnight. It took years to culminate. And I think having had my son in 2010, about a year after I had my son, my body was just completely depleted. And that's when I really had a huge flare. Um, and that's, it was shortly after that, that I started actually taking medicine for my thyroid. Cause I think up until that point, I was also in that subclinical place. My TSH was normal. My antibodies were elevated, but the doctors I, were, I was working with at the time didn't think I needed to take any thyroid hormone replacement. And so we just kind of watched and, you know, just watched things until, until my symptoms were really bad. And I had, um, tingling and numbness in my hands and my feet, really bad joint pain, severe fatigue, um, malaise, kind of foggy thinking. I could get up and I could go work a 10 or 12 hour day and be on my feet all day teaching classes. I could get myself like my adrenals kicked into gear where I could have the energy to go and like have a productive day. But when I came home, I crashed and I crashed hard and all my days off, 
I was sleeping on the couch. I was, you know, trying to recover so that I could get to work the next, you know, day. Um, and it, it took a while to, to uncover what all was going on. And, um, in that process, I also got a diagnosis of Lyme's disease. So, you know, I kind of have a lot of layers going on and I've had to, like Jill said, you know, have to peel back the layers and it's hard to know kind of what to address first and which came first, you know, did the Hashimoto's come as a result of the mold illness? Did the Lyme's come because my immune system was already compromised because of the Hashimoto's? It's, it's really hard to pinpoint, but at the end of the day, I just have to focus on what are these lifestyle factors that I have control over? How do I reduce my toxic burden? How can I eat, you know, optimally to give my body the energy it needs and the nourishment it needs and do those things that are in my direct control? Um, and thankfully, I've had some good tools in my toolbox to work with and some really great practitioners that have helped me restore my health um, so much that I actually just gave birth to a baby girl last week. <laughs> um, you. Yeah. So that was, she's my miracle baby. I didn't really think that we were going to be able to have more kids given um, everything that was going on with my health for a number of years. So Lisa, you, you've clearly had some pretty outstanding um, events with your health, you know, one thing to the next. And it's hard to say, like you said, chicken or the egg, you know, what came first, what led to the next thing? How are you now with with your health? You know, back when you were really making your way through all of this, I can imagine that, you know, I'm just, I'm seeing the picture of you, you know, just utterly fatigued. I, I'm imagining those 10 to 12 hour days, you know, you're tired, um, you know, you, you've got a son, you, you've got a family, and you're trying to keep it all together. You've got a lot of enthusiasm for the work that you do. So where are you now? Like, are, do you feel like you're, you're thriving? Um, do you feel like you're still on that path? Where, how far have you come since that time? Um, I feel like I've come a long way. I mean, I still, and I'm, I'm better in, in a lot of ways in, in the sense that I, I don't have the debilitating fatigue or that chronic pain that I did, but I just went through, you know, 41 weeks of pregnancy and pregnancy can do quite a bit to suppress your immune system uh, or your symptoms. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see in the next couple months, how my body does postpartum because it's a real vulnerable time for, you know, potential flare ups with, with chronic illness, um, with all the hormonal changes that are happening. But you know, I thrived during my pregnancy. I was, I felt great during my pregnancy. I was very productive. I didn't have any of the symptoms that I had had in the past, but even prior to becoming pregnant, I had been able to successfully, um, get my, my immune system functioning again by, you know, working with a practitioner to, um, detox some of the mycotoxins from the mold illness out of my system and to, just replete my body. Um, so, you know, I, have definitely come a long way from, from that year after my son was born when I was stuck on the couch <laughs> and when I was on my days off, but, um, but it's still, I have, I have to pay attention and I have to make sure that, you know, I don't take on too much, um, because, you know, too much stress can flare my symptoms. And, you know, I do have to pay attention to my new nutrition and 
all the things that I'm very passionate about paying attention to anyways, um, have been, you know, a very real part of my life. Like, you know, I definitely try to walk my talk as much as I can. <laughs> so, but I'm just like anybody else. I mean, there's going to be days when I'm not perfect and can slip into these, you know, uh, places of, you know, potentially getting a flare because I overdid it or whatnot. Yeah, beautifully said. You know, I, I think that having a symptom, a condition, a disease, whatever we want to call it, oftentimes just gets us to know ourselves better. And it, it helps us to stay in check with saying, okay, you know what, I know I've overdone it. I'm not going to take this on. I'm, I'm going to do this and that. I'm going to focus or I'm not going to work so long or I'm going to change jobs so I can start to really have better quality of life. It's almost like, you know, I had a patient tell me once that illness is the Western form of meditation. And I, I really do believe that. there There is something in the idea of having something happen to us physically, emotionally, or mentally, and then changing our lives as a result of that. It's like we, we never lose that vulnerability, perhaps. But what we do embrace and come to is really this sense of self-awareness and and making accommodations as much as possible and it sounds like that's what you've done you know mm -hmm. we're, we're always going to have these immune sensitivities i also have some immune autoimmune type um issues that surface every now and then and it's just like you know what it's time to bring it back <laughs> get my immune system back on track you know you, you know during certain times of the year when these things start to happen more than others and you just get smart about it so ladies, this has been great. Great to get to know you better, your stories, uh, to see what inspires you. So now I'm kind of curious as, as we come to a close here. So knowing that both of you are just powerhouse women that have to watch your immune systems, how did you find the time to put together this beautiful essential thyroid cookbook? I mean, how did you do that? Because I know what it takes to write a book and that's no easy feat. <laughs> well, it takes it's time. five years. Yeah, it took time. Ah, okay. As you've heard, we both have families. We both have full-time jobs. So this was kind of a labor of love. And, you know, it, it took time to navigate um, the path and figure out how we were going to go about doing it. And, you know, but at the end of the day, we're really proud of, of what we've accomplished and we're excited to get it out there. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. I was looking at some of the recipes and, and such, and I, I think that they're easy enough for people, and they're inspiring and colorful enough. You know, I'm always looking at that, of course. Um, so, And I think that even if you don't have thyroid issues, per se, you can still benefit from this book, quite honestly. I mean, this is really, I think it's just good eating is, is how I would frame it up. Yeah, absolutely. The, the recipes, you know, were written with the Whole Foods approach. I mean, I, I've always, um, in my classes and things that I've, um, in my work, I've always focused on just good, clean, healthy eating and, you know, uh, colorful, flavorful foods. And again, trying to make it accessible to people and really try to break it down into easy steps, you know, for people who may uh, be intimidated by cooking. Um, we've tried to make it user-friendly as much as possible. You could take the whole educational component out of that book and take out the legends. So we have these nutrient legends on each recipe that show just how thyroid and immune supportive 
um, all the recipes are, which you, you probably saw because you have a copy of the book, but you, we could strip all of that away and it would still be a stellar cookbook. You know, it's not, <laughs> people don't have to even know that it's a quote unquote Hashimoto's cookbook. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And so how do people find the book? How do they find you? Give us your websites. And I know that the book launches, what is it, September 19th? Yep. So our website is www.thyroidcookbook.com. You can download a sample cookbook right there on our homepage. It's got three chapters from the book and six recipes. Um, And then, yeah, you can navigate to... Um, we are offering some bonuses for people who pre-order, but not everyone is interested in that and that's fine. So it's easy to navigate to that page from the homepage and yeah, we're just, we're so excited to finally be at the end of this long journey. And like I said, it took five years to get here and, and our pub date is less than three weeks away and we just, we couldn't be happier. Yeah, really thumbs up to both of you. I think I think you did a stellar job and you made it easy for people and and so so many people are looking for this as well. Thank you. So well, thank you both for, for being on the podcast. And uh, I'm going to remember you as, as uh, turquoise and orange. And <laughs> <laughs> whenever I think of it, and you know, that's, that's how I see people too, is um, usually when I meet them, I, I get a color impression. So it, it's nice for me to know without seeing you here in person already what, what your colors are. So thank you both. And I'm excited for the book to come out. I'm excited for all the people you're going to help. And thanks again for being on with me. Thank you. This was such an honor. Yeah, thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. Mm -hmm.